So Merry Christmas to all of you here. We're excited that you're here. And, and today, I want to talk about a core belief of Christianity. And it really is a cornerstone of Christmas. Now, I recognize, I want to acknowledge that some of you might not be church-going folks. Some of you might not consider yourself religious. And I want to say that's okay. Because you are completely and absolutely welcome here at River Life. And we are thrilled that you've joined us today. So this core belief that I want to talk about today is something called the incarnation. And this incarnation is all throughout the Christmas story. And so we're going to read part of it today. We're going to read out of, out of Matthew 1. And I have some special helpers who are going to help read to you God's Word. So my special helpers, come on up. And this is Matthew 1, starting at verse 18 through 22. Oh, there we go. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Take, take. Okay, there we go. This is how the birth of Jesus Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her public disgrace he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Good job. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Thank you. Ah, this is a place to fulfill. Yeah. Can you read? There we go. There you go. Perfect. The love has has said to the prophet. Yeah. Do you remember? The virgin. The virgin will conceive and do with your son. With and and I'll tell him Emmanuel. This means God with us. Thank you. Let's give them a big round of applause. Thank you, special helpers. And they will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. So what is this incarnation, God with us? What does this mean? So to answer this question, I turned to the source of all wisdom and the patron saint of high school and college students everywhere, Wikipedia. Here's how Wikipedia defines incarnation. Jesus, the pre-existent divine logos, God the Son, excuse me, and the second hypostasis of the Trinity, God the Son and the Son of the Father, taken on the human body and human nature, and conceived in the womb of Mary, the Theotokos. So, everyone get that? That's perfectly clear. Okay, amen, Merry Christmas, let's go eat. <laughs> no, okay. Now, that, that, I, I, I am an ordained reverend with a master's degree in, theolo in theology. I did not understand a third of this. True story, I had to look up to figure out how to pronounce some of those words. 
So thank you very much, Wikipedia. So instead, I want to be really clear. I want to make this really clear for all, every one of you, for everyone here. And so what is the incarnation? It is God becoming flesh and entering our world as Jesus Christ. Or as the message paraphrase Bible puts it, God became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I've always liked that definition. So what does this look like? What does the incarnation look like? Well, so to answer that, today I want to do something really different. And I want you to imagine with me what would a conversation between God the Father and Jesus the Son look like before Jesus came down to earth? What would that conversation look like? Now, I want to say three things. I want to say three things before we start. First, this conversation did not actually happen. So before you burn me out, burn me at the stake as a heretic, this, we're, we're just using a little, a little imagination today. Okay, so kids, it's kind of like we're playing some pretend. But everything I talk about today, everything I talk about is what the Bible says happened. Second, this is not what a conversation between God and Jesus would look like. Okay, Jesus is way too white. No, that is not, that was not Jesus. And God does not have a gigantic hipster beard, okay? This is just an artist's rendition. It's a representation, a symbolic picture of God and Jesus. And throughout this story, I'm going to show other pictures up on the screen. And all of these are just artist's renditions. Some are more realistic. Some are more symbolic. And third, this idea is not new to me. I want to give credit to Pastor Craig Rochelle of Life Church, where I, he really inspired me with some of his sermons in this series. And, and so I, I took something that he did, and I've adapted it for us. So I want to give credit to him. This is not new to me. This is not unique to me. But I loved it so much, I wanted to share it with you today. So imagine this conversation. Imagine this conversation between God and Jesus. As God the Father lays out his plan for Jesus, what do you think that would look like? How would that conversation go? Well, I think it would go something like this. So God says, okay, Jesus, son, here is your mission. I'm going to send you to earth to fulfill my perfect will to be a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. Now, Jesus, I've selected a mother for you. Her name is Mary. She is a wonderful woman. She is, she's young. She's only a teenager, but she is completely devoted to us and our will. She's going to make a great mom. Now, Jesus, I've also chosen an earthly father for you. His name's Joseph. He is a wonderful, faithful, noble man. But he's, he's going to be more like your stepdad. Because I, Jesus, I'm going to be your, your heavenly father. He's just going to be your stepdad. But to be honest, Jesus, Mary's going to be the one to get all the attention. She's going to get statues made of her. Uh, Joseph would be lucky to just show up in a nativity. And you see, and, and 
in Jesus. When you go down to earth, you have to remember, you're going to be born from a virgin. Parents, I'll let you explain that to your kids. <laughs> and so Jesus, Jesus. So in other words, you're going to have to spend nine months in Mary's womb before she pushes you out into this world. And at this point, Jesus speaks up maybe for the first time. Uh, nine months in that really cramped space? Could we consider a stork instead? God laughed. <laughs> no, Jesus. It has to be this way. It has to be this way. You have to be born of a virgin. You see, because that way, because Joseph won't be part of conceiving you, you'll be conceived by the Holy Spirit. That because Joseph won't be conceived, you won't inherit the sinful nature from him. And be, because you'll be born of a woman, you'll be fully human. But because I will be your earthly father, you'll be fully divine. All God, all human. That's why it has to be this way. You're just like, okay, okay. I understand. Let's, let's make that happen. God continues. Now, Jesus, you're going to be born, but you're going to be born in a very common way. See, people would expect you to be born in, in a palace because you're the son of God. You're the king of kings. But I'm going to have you be born in a stable. But I'm going to put some really nice animals around you. And I'll apologize now for the smell. But it's really important to me that people understand that you did not come for the powerful and the wealthy, but you came for the ordinary and the common. Jesus hears this and says, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. You want everyone to know that I've come for everybody, not just the important people. Not just the super rich people, okay? Jesus says, okay, I get it. I get it. Now, God continues. Now, Jesus, as you grow, I'm going to give you supernatural power. All the power you have here in heaven, you're going to have down on earth. You're going to be more powerful than any of the Avengers. You could destroy Thanos in one snap, and you don't even need the gauntlet. And then God continues, and, and you're going to do miracles. You're going to do real miracles. You're going to open blind eyes. You're going to heal deaf ears. You're going to feed thousands with just a sack lunch. You're going to defy natural law by controlling weather, walking on water. You are even going to raise the dead but they're going to hate you. They're going to hate you. They're going to call you a liar. They're going to call you demon-possessed. They're going to say you're a drunk and a sinner. But keep on loving them, Jesus. Keep on loving them. Show them who we are. Show them my love. And Jesus... I want, when you're on earth, I want you to reach out and befriend the prostitutes. 
and the crooked tax collectors and the thieves. I want you to touch the untouchable people. The lepers with communicable diseases, I want you to touch them. And I want you to love those that religion rejects. Keep on loving, Jesus. Keep on loving. This is why you're going. Remember to show them who I am. To show them my heart. To show them my love. Can you do that, Jesus? Jesus says, yes, Father. I can show them your love. But don't worry, Jesus. You're going to have some friends. Twelve men around you that you're going to invest in, that you're going to mentor, that you're going to love. And they will love you back. They will be faithful to you. They will follow you. They will show undying devotion to you until they don't. Peter, one of the loudest, one of your strongest, he will say that he will never leave you, even if everybody else does. Peter will say he will never leave. He will never turn away. And then less than 12 hours later, he freaks out in front of an eight-year-old girl and says that he doesn't even know you. He'll do that a second time. He'll do that a third time. And it will break your heart, and it will break his. Judas, one of your other friends, he will betray you with a kiss. He'll sell you out for a bag of silver, 600 bucks top. He'll sell you out to the authorities. And those same authorities, they will come and arrest you. But first, it's going to get bad. But it's going to get worse. You're going to go off into a garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, to pray. And because you are fully God, Jesus, you will know everything that will happen in the next 24 hours. You will know it all. And you'll pray in agony, in such agony that you'll actually sweat drops of blood. And you'll pray. You'll look up to heaven and pray to me, Dad, is there any other way? And Jesus, I'm going to tell you then what I'm going to tell you now. You know there isn't. You know there's no other way. And Jesus, with all of the love and all of the obedience in your heart, you'll look, look up to me and say, okay, Father, your will, not mine. I'll do it. And then they'll arrest you. They'll beat you mercilessly. They'll punch, kick, whip you. They'll whip you within an inch of your life. You will hurt like no man has hurt before. And you will feel it all because you're fully human. And you will feel it all. And you'll cry out in agony because of the pain. Then they'll throw you down onto a cross, an instrument of torture that the Romans use. They'll throw you down on a cross, 
and take giant spikes and drive them through your wrists and drive them through your feet and you will feel it all. Every tear of your flesh you will feel and you will cry out in agony and you will feel that pain. Then they will hang you up on that cross to die. There, the very people that you are loving, the very people that you created, Jesus, those people will shout at you and spit on you and say horrible things to you. And when they do that, because of who you are, you will look up to heaven and say, Dad, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Press on, Jesus. Press on toward the goal. Keep loving them. Stay on mission, Jesus. Every step of the way, Jesus, I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you. I will never leave you until I have to. You see, Jesus, for you to die for the sins of the world, you have to take on all of their sins. You have to become sin. And Jesus, because I am holy and perfect and without sin, I, I cannot even look upon sin. Because for a moment... As a result, for a moment, I will have to turn my back to you. As you take on the sins of the world. And Jesus, all of that physical pain will pale in comparison to the agony that you will feel in that moment. And in that, in all of your agony, you will cry out, Dad, Dad, why have you left me? When I needed you the most, why have you left me? And remember, you will be innocent. You will be holy and perfect without sin. But that's the only way for you to be the perfect sacrifice for everybody else's sin. You have to take it on. And then, when you have completed, Jesus, when you have completed everything that was prophesied about you, hundreds of years ago and even thousands of years ago, Jesus, you declare that it is finished. You say it out loud. It is finished. And then you choose to die and give up your spirit to heaven. So Jesus, they'll take you off the cross and they'll bury you in a borrowed tomb. But three days later, three days later, I will raise you up from the dead. 
And in that, we will fulfill the perfect and final sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. Because we love them so much. Are you up for that, son? Are you willing to do that? Jesus weighs it all, gulps, and says, yes, I am. Then the Holy Spirit finally speaks up. Hey, guys, I'm over here in this dove symbol right here. Jesus is like, oh, sorry, I didn't see you. I, I did think it was weird this dove was just helicoptering over us. So the, the Holy Spirit says, yeah, I always get left out. It's always God the Father, Jesus the Son. God, Jesus, God, Jesus. What about me? Holy Spirit turns to Jesus. Jesus, don't forget about me. <coughs> Tell them about me. And Jesus says, don't worry, I will. I will tell them, I will tell my followers that when I leave them, God the Father is going to send another one, another helper, another advocate on their behalf. I will tell them, Holy Spirit, that you will be with them forever. You will live in their hearts. Jesus continued. And then before I go up to heaven. I'm going to give them their mission. I'm going to tell my followers, the 12 men and the 72 men and women who followed me all around, I'm going to tell them, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in our names, in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything that I have commanded them. I'm going to tell them that. And then I will tell them this. I will be with you always. Till the end of time. I'm going to make sure they remember that. That's going to be the last thing I tell them. I will be with you always till the end of time. Because, Father, that's who we are, Emmanuel. That's who I am, Emmanuel, God with them. We won't leave them. We won't forsake them. When they disobey, we'll love them. When they turn away, we'll love them. God says, okay, Jesus, are you up for this? Yes, Father, yes, I am. Okay, let's review. Jesus, what's your mission? My mission is to seek and save the lost. My mission is to rescue those who are dead in their sins. I'm going to bring them life and life abundantly. Okay, good. Good, Jesus. Who are you going for? I'm not going for the righteous. I'm going for the sinners. I'm not going for those who think they're already healthy. I'm going for the sick. Good, good, Jesus. Why are you going? Because they are sheep without a shepherd. And Father, I am the good shepherd, the one who will lay his life down for his sheep. 
I have to go. We can't, we can't shout our love from heaven. We've got to show our love on earth. I will go and show them how good you are. I will go and show them how much you love them. I'll show them that love isn't something you do from afar. But Father, I'll show them that love is who you are. It is your very essence. It is your being. Emmanuel. God with us. Exactly, son. Now, let's make it happen. And that brings us back to Matthew 1, right where we started. Matthew 1. And she will give birth to a son, and you are going to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is always with you. His spirit resides in you. When you are lost, he will be with you as your guide. When you are alone, he'll be with you as your companion. When you are hurting, he will be with you as your comforter. When you are afraid, he'll be with you as your peace. When you are sick, he'll be with you as your healer. And when you are dead, lost in your sins, he will be with you as your savior. The good news of Christmas is that God didn't just shout his love from heaven. That God came to earth in the baby Jesus to show his love to us. And, and Jesus was willing to pay the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice, so that you could have eternal life with God. Who is he? Why do we celebrate Christmas? He is Emmanuel, God with us, always. Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for sending your son. Father, thank you for loving us more than we can imagine. Father, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to die for us so that we could spend an eternity with you. Jesus, son, thank you for dying for us. Thank you for being born in, 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 in such a human way, in such a normal way. Jesus, thank you for showing us who God is. Jesus, Son, thank you for showing us that God is love. Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us always. 
Thank you for living out Jesus as Emmanuel. God with us. Spirit, thank you for advocating on our behalf. Spirit, thank you for praying on our behalf. God, thank you for comforting. Spirit, Spirit, thank you for comforting us. God, and we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for the incarnation. And we thank you for forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.